Hi, folks. Welcome to the Oldham Business Podcast. My name is David Bazanis with Oldham Chamber and Economic Development here in beautiful downtown LaGrange in Oldham County, Kentucky. February 10th. There's a little bit of ice on the roads. I hope everybody's being careful, uh, which is a completely irrelevant statement considering that you're probably going to be listening to this well after the roads have been cleared. Um, our guest today on the podcast, Gant Jones, is going to talk to us about the Chlor Farm Project, one of the most significant uh, developments that's happening in Oldham County. It's going to really transform the approach from Louisville into our community. He's going to talk about the Maples Park Project, the LaGrange Springs Park. We're going to talk about architecture. We're going to talk about his uh, amazing background and his story. Um, really looking forward to the conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. So sit back and relax. By the way, it's Valentine's Day week, fellas. Get out there and buy a present. Let's start the show. All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, excited to, to uh, have Gant Jones on the podcast today. Uh, Sandy and I had a great conversation with him. Before we start that, I do want to uh, talk about some of our upcoming events with our Chamber of Commerce. For those of you who are uh, regular attendees of our Power Hour, we are excited this week, uh, Friday on February 12th at noon. We're going to be having our Power Hour at Rikishi in Crestwood. Nad Nid, uh, the owner of that business, got, got great sushi right here in Oldham County. Uh, there in Crestwood. So please join us. If you're a chamber member, it's free. If you are not a chamber member, you're still welcome to join us. There's a, um, a modest fee, but why aren't you a chamber member? I mean, it's cheap. Uh, come in and network with us. We have great turnouts for these. We're still observing some social distancing rules and uh, ask everybody to mask up and be responsible uh, so we can create a safe environment for everybody to be able to network. But this Friday noon uh, power hour, uh, which is sponsored by Paducah Bank. Uh, they're our new sponsor for Power Hour, and we're really excited to have Paducah Bank uh, investing in the community. They're, they're, uh, you know, they're doing loans for some big projects going on, uh, and we're excited to have them here. So welcome, Paducah Bank. Thanks for sponsoring Power Hour, and we look forward to seeing everybody at noon on Friday, February 12th. Also, next week, we have a German brew pub that's opening in the downtown uh, district in LaGrange. Prost uh, is having a ribbon cutting. They've got great beer there. They've got a really unique, authentic German uh, menu. So come in and check out the cool new business that's, that's uh, open. And let me tell you something about this COVID stuff. It has been terrible, um, as you all know. But we are seeing businesses open up during this and really want to support the entrepreneurial spirit of the people that are, that are doing these things. So uh, at Prost in Crestwood, we've got Crestwood Bistro has opened uh, during the pandemic. So, um, you know, let's support these local businesses and, uh, you know, make them uh, help get them on their feet. Because once this economy can open back up and we can get back to some normalcy, I'm sure everybody's going to really love having these new uh, restaurant amenities available. Um, and our final, uh, my final announcement is for February 19th, that's Friday at 9 a.m. We're going to have an EDGE workshop. That EDGE workshop is going to be available. Um, you, can, you can attend it via Zoom. We'll have a, um, a, a minimal amount of people uh, here in person, but we'll also uh, stream that over Facebook Live. That uh, program, the EDGE workshops, are sponsored by First National Bank of Kentucky. Uh, thank you, Doug Miles and, and Tyler Manningly there in uh, Crestwood, right next to the Starbucks. We are appreciative of your investment with our chamber, uh, and being able to put on these workshops is because of the uh, 
uh, that great team at First National Bank. So wonderful community bank, great chamber member, and very grateful for for their investments here. Um, without that, uh, or with those announcements, I think we're ready to move on and uh, get to our conversation with Gant Jones. Uh, Gant is um, a local born and raised Oldham Countyan. Um, he is an architect uh, who has a Harvard-trained architect. We have a great uh, conversation about his background. It's really fascinating. Um, but Gant has been uh, an integral part of some many of the developments uh, that that have happened in Oldham County and uh, really contributing a lot to, you know, uh, spe- especially in Crestwood, um, you know, creating an identity for uh, Crestwood with the Maples Park project, with some of the civic area that's being built around the temporary courthouse. Um, and then, of course, the Chlor Farm project that we'll talk a lot about um, that is really just a uh, huge, huge uh, project that is going to make uh, this, this county very proud. So uh, without further ado, we're going to start that conversation right now. Um, so tune in here, and this is uh, our conversation with Gant Jones. Well, welcome, everyone. Uh, I'm sitting here with Sandy Hamilton and Gant Jones. Gant uh, is uh, involved in, an, in a lot of things here in Oldham County, uh, a lot of really big projects, uh, including uh, the Chlor Station project at Exit 14, uh, we're going to talk with him about that. He's also working uh, with his wife, Sarah Kopke Jones, mm-hmm. uh, on the Lagrange Springs Park right. uh, project in downtown Lagrange. And in addition to that, he has been uh, the lead on the Maples Park project. Am I correct? Yes, yes. I was a project manager on that project, and then uh, Sarah is a project manager on the Lagrange project. So um, there's a lot of there's a whole lot I want to talk to you about. I'm just right. going to try to get settled in here. <laughs> right. Um, well, first, give me a little bit of background on your education. Okay, so you are from Oldham County. Yep. All right. Background tell, on yeah. how tell, I got to where I am about, right yeah. now. You're a Jones yeah, and a Clore. I, I mean, it really started out, and it really started out when I was young, when I was eight years old. I was around um, growing up in my dad's household. Uh, he's a builder and a developer um, back then. Um, he was doing building. Now he's just doing developing. Um and he couldn't stand having his children just sit around the house. He said, you got to be doing something. So you're either working or you're playing sports or doing something. So every w- weekend we were working and we're usually cleaning up houses, you know, construction sites, mowing, whatever, from eight until high school is like that constantly. So it's always around the construction. Now, how many siblings do you have? I have an older brother and older sister. Okay. Um, and my brother, he's a builder, Clay. Right. And my sister, Aunt Clore, she lives in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. Okay. So, um, but she still, you know, she still contributes to our discussions of what we're trying to do here in Oldham County. So you guys were running around as kids at construction sites? and Yeah, my brother and I were, um, or working on the farm, running fence lines and stuff like that. Um, and so you really had a chance to witness construction, development. Um, and for me, I, I you know... I don't think I understood the term urban sprawl, but I could feel it. I could witness it. And I wasn't, I didn't really like it. Right. So, um, I think in, in high school, they had a uh, career testing through the Jewish community center. My brother did it and my sister did it and it helped get them into a direction for a college major. Mm-hmm. And so I did it and it's, it's intensive. It's like two weeks. And when it came out of there, it said I should go into architecture. Well, of course I wanted to go into architecture, but you look at it, it's like, well, it's my understanding they don't make very much money. 
But after it told me that, it reinforced the idea of just follow your passions right. and, and go in that direction. So you already had some inklings that you would want to be in architecture. Yes. Yeah. Or be involved in the community and a building sensibility or right. something like that. Right. Um, so um, because of that, I started focusing more on construction sites and working with different trades, doing framing or roughing electric. So I started to understand the nuts and bolts of building mm -hmm. and not just architecture. So I went to the University of Kentucky. It's a very theoretical school. Mm -hmm. um, it's not very pragmatic. And I consider myself to be a very pragmatic person. Um, so, uh, you know, I was still every summer during college working for general contractors and doing the pragmatic stuff so I could apply those to, you know, when I actually get out there and start doing Give an stuff. example of different pragmatic versus theoretical, um, well, everything we were doing in school. Was it high concept at UK? Yes, extremely okay. high concept. I okay. mean, a lot of it. I mean, you know, Frank Gehry-esque, you know, oh, just oh, really wow. kind of bubbly, kind of just crazy stuff. And I was always, um, you know, I was always looking at those crazy types of formal stuff, but trying to look and see how you put it together. Right. Um, and how it's not just a sculpture, but there's a reason for the sculpture, whatever it becomes. Sure. So there's some architects um, after... After college, um, it was a spring break. I went and I worked a small internship at uh, AGPS. It's a, a Swiss-American firm in, L in L.A. And after that one-week internship, they hired me to start working there. And they're, they're a very – they're a good blend. They're Swiss, so they're very rigorous in mm -hmm. box. Mm -hmm. But it's all about less is more. But they also – their L.A. office was a little more – formal, a little more gestural. Sure. So I started working in LA <clears throat> right after college um, in Hollywood, uh, Beachwood Canyon, right underneath the D of Hollywood. And um, mm. was working on doing the Children's Museum in LA. And then uh, wow. for two years, yeah, I worked on that. And then we also did the Portland Aerial Tram. Mm -hmm. We won that competition, which was a cool project too. Wow. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so I worked there for two years, and then I met Sarah uh, flying through Chicago. She was living with one of my friends from college, and we started dating. So I decided, you know, I want to go to grad school. I want to go get into urban planning, urban design. And um, I thought, well, I want. I did struggle working in an architectural firm that still was – those two years, I never got to construction document phase. Mm -hmm. um, we were always just doing design. And it was very frustrating because I didn't feel like I was learning anything, seeing a project through, getting it done. Um, so I said, okay, well, I'm going to take a break from this. I'm going to move to Chicago, um, get a little bit more serious about our relationship, and see if I can find a firm that was doing not cool stuff, but doing stuff and getting it done. Right. So I started working at the small office, uh, Turley Architects, and we were just doing house renovations. And just kind of spitting them out as quickly as we could. And it was really an interesting fundamental process that mm -hmm. I did for a year um, while I applied to grad schools. So I applied to grad schools and ended up going to um, Harvard to get my master's of architecture and urban design. And Pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. So what's that like uh, going to Harvard? Like the, the now wait, the, the moment where you're considering Harvard. Uh, what what's the application process there to go into uh, architecture? Well, you know what's cool? I went back up to Kentucky's sure. application process because I was not a very strong student in high school. Um, the cool thing about Kentucky, I applied to Cincinnati, UK, um, and a few other schools. And the cool thing about Kentucky is it wasn't really based on academics. You had an, a, a one-day exam. 
which is, is a series of creative tests. Like one thing we had to do is we they, they, here's some string, wrap it through your fingers and draw that. So you know we sit there and we draw, do that task or build a cube with these sticks. And it's always about not being literal, right? But doing it a step further or looking at it very differently, and, and that's so they test you on that, and then they then they'll accept based on that. Huh. Yeah. So wow. That, that's a really cool process. Harvard wasn't the same. It was your typical application right. process. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so what was the environment like to go into a Harvard university? I mean, with all of the uh, prestige and was, was it nerve nerve wracking? Yeah, mean, it was it, stressful. Really? I mean, I, you know, <clears throat> everything when it comes to academia, that next level is a next level. You know, when you get out of high school and you go to college, like crap, what do I got to <laughs> do? This is, this is, you know, you're just, it's not what I was used to. Right, right. And that was the same thing from UK to Harvard. Yeah. It was very competitive, very demanding. I mean, <clears throat> ideally you want to do more extracurricular things with professors and doing what they're doing in their profession to tie in and get some networking going. There's just no time to do it. I, I couldn't do it. I was a very slow I'd have to study three times harder than anybody else. Right. I was just not very good at it. Um, so I just didn't have enough time to really get involved with too many professors. But I did start working um, for uh, Chan Krieger, Alex Krieger, who's a professor at, uh, at uh, Harvard, and stayed in Boston for an extra year working at their firm. And they did urban design. I had a chance to work uh, for the Det Detroit's waterfront. Um, wow. Worked uh, for the Shanghai Bund. Worked on designing that. Um, and a bunch of other cool projects. So do you just, every time you're in the car with the kids and you pass something, you're like, hey, I worked on that? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> they, they had, I did, a, um, for a builder, for several different years, I did those, uh, the Home Builders Association, they would sponsor doing playhouses for kids from Coaster. Mm -hmm. um, and I did several of those. Every once in a while, I'll see a kid I worked for on the Coaster co commercials. And uh, I always point to the kids. They, they just click on, hey, you worked for him. You built a playhouse oh, for him. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, it, sometimes I do yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So so you met Sarah. Yeah. And she's a landscape architect. She's a landscape architect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's worked out pretty good. She, did, have you collaborated much? Yeah. I mean, we did the Maples Park together. Mm -hmm. um, her and her partner, Jody. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've done... Um, LaGrange and a, a few other projects around the Louisville area. They mostly do Metro Parks projects, um, public projects. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they're done a ton of spray grounds in Louisville. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've teamed up with them when they need some help. Doing have, has it, what's it like working with your wife in a professional capacity? Um, Especially working for your wife on the LaGrange <laughs> Springs uh, right. project. Um, Sometimes it's unprofessional. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we'll go back and forth on different, like, should we do this or should we do that with design critiques? Um, do you I, nerd out over, over like, details of things? Do you have uh, specific, um, let's say, um, I come uh, from a family of musicians, mm -hmm. um, and yeah. so we all, uh, we all have very specific uh, things that we like about certain types of music or musicians and whatnot, and we always like to uh, yeah. argue about it or... Right. Or, or discuss I it. don't see, you know, the, the, the shame of working by yourself um, and likewise with my wife is we don't have the opportunities to be in a firm environment for creative discussions uh. and look and, and like I'm really out of touch with what 
famous architects are doing these right, days. You know, right. I work by myself. So, sure. And I'm not really trying to seek those things out because I'm just too busy doing too many sure. different yeah. things. Right. I enjoy it. And I notice when, um, I can see a good project and I can appreciate different things. Just back to that pragmatic part of your personality. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really frustrated. I, I'm not really all that big excited about cool architecture in the sense of the, the avant-garde and the very progressive contemporary sure. stuff. I just, because I don't think it's realistic. Right. Um, I enjoy not as accessible. It. It's not people. accessible. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why I like when I first got into architecture school, I was like, man, we need to change how we do the housing and stuff like that because it just looks like crap. I'm yeah. so tired of McMansions and stuff. Let's do cool <laughs> houses. Let me start realizing, uh, yeah, that costs way too much money right. or it doesn't get water off the roof quite as nicely. Right. <laughs> so this idea about McMansions, there's a function to what they do right. there. Right. Um, and it's been really interesting working on the project, um, in for our family our development because that comes from a very traditional sensibility with its architecture and you start to discover that things are built the way they are because they work and they're yeah. time tested right um so you, you just i i found a new appreciation for it so um and again like the tell me about getting to um the, the, let's talk about the property on the chlor uh, yeah. project um, exit 14, uh -huh. there are, I would say, that the northeast, the southeast, and the southwest uh -huh. corners of that are uh -huh. all going to be part of this project. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about the project and then tell us how you got to the point where your family decided that, you know, we have uh, preserved this and this has been farmed since the 1800s, I believe. Yep. Um, and now we want to do something with it uh, for the community. And tell us how you guys got there. Uh, and just kind of tell us a little bit about what the project is. Um, so yeah, you're right. This fam, this farm has been in our family since 1808, and um, we have the original deeds from when it was um, natural property, but well before ownership of anything. The first deed uh, signed by Patrick Henry. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, this project started, I think, before I was born. My grandfather, Carl Clore Jr., he, um, you know, is, he was a steward of the land, you know, the night, 20th century, I guess, is what you would say, and farming and everything. He was an entrepreneur, very creative dude. Uh, he, uh, he started out with doing, um, selling farm implements during, I think, World War II or World War I. Uh, what he would do is he'd go up into Indiana and buy broken down equipment, rebuild it, and then sell it back here. Um, and he started out that way. Then he got into purchasing land and doing development himself um, and moved on from, and had farming and everything else. So um, I think it started with him with the idea that the when the interstate came through, it put real value on that location, right? So I think he realized that he had an opportunity to sell it back in the 60s or something like that for a little over a million dollars and that was like a big deal and it fell through luckily because who knows what it would be today right sure um so wow after that um there's been steps along the way to improve the value of the property one was trying to help get the sewers through one was donating the land free no tax uh um deductions or anything for the bypass 
that, that was going to be interesting to see if that bypass would have gone all the way to, I think, English Station Road, mm -hmm. what that would have done to the area. Right. You know? Right. Uh, but now it's just a town road as it stands now and a big wide one at that. But so that was one piece, getting that in there, um, getting the sewers through. And then fi the fill site. I mean, that was unbuildable land until they started putting the fill in that one location. So that's been going on for years and years. Mm -hmm. And now... While I was in college, even, I knew at some point we're going to have to be involved with doing something here. And one of my projects in school was to design a uh, grocery store at the top of the hill. And so I designed a grocery store, which was very avant-garde-ish. It's all looking at the, the, the asphalt parking lot and kind of thinking about peeling it and how it could go over the structure. And all. it's a very kind of gestural project. But I recognized then that, you know, I can be part of that future equation and trying to get that done. Um, so that's Kinda why like a, that's why I went into urban design. Right. So that project. Really. Yeah. So that was made you go, well, I can I can be I can do this significant thing. So this is helping. It it pretty much shows your trajectory is what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I wish there was a profession that wasn't just architecture. Uh, architect. Um, back in the day, you know, Michelangelo, he was a master builder, not an architect, but he did everything. Right. And I, I appreciate that. And I find myself more than just an architect, but a community organizer yeah. or, you know, something, yeah. not just a, yeah. you know, not just like a planner. Right. There's so many things to making our community great that go beyond building and streets, but it's about programming the buildings and streets and the, sure. the, the you know, organizing the way you can figure out how businesses might communicate together or, or how events can happen and whatever. Well, tell us, tell us about what's special about the project in that terms. I mean, you know, uh, people refer to it as like, it's like Norton Commons in Oldham County and right. whatnot. And I would say it's not necessarily like that at all, uh, even though there's some similarities. Well, it's the same type. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Norton Commons, uh, and we refer to Norton Commons because it's so foreign to this area, right. but it feels so comfortable and natural when you're there. It's what they call a, a TND, a traditional neighborhood development. These things are common. They're all over the United States. They're developments where somebody actually took forth the effort to think about the community aspect of the development and not just putting houses and selling lots. Right. You know? Um, so, you know, you look at Norton Commons. I, at the firm I worked for in Boston, um, the, they were the antithesis to DPZ who started urbanism and started the ideas of these TNDs um, because not that they didn't say this is good planning. They said it just exacerbates sprawl. Right. And to a certain degree, that's a valid argument, I think. But one thing I also realized as I was growing up, sprawl happens. Right. And you're either going to embrace it and try to improve on it. Right. Or you're just going to ignore it and it's going to take you over. So you either participate in trying to improve those environments or you let somebody else do it and it doesn't improve. One of the things that I liked um, at the charrette you invited us to, uh, to, to attend was that I think you mentioned this isn't a subdivision, this is a neighborhood uh -huh. uh, and the difference between that. But yeah. uh, the idea that there'll be public space and some yeah. commercial space and whatnot, but somewhat uh, walkability for people to live, work, and play in their neighborhood right um as as a potential there in addition to beautiful housing right. and rolling landscape right uh what was really striking about some of the conceptual drawings that you had uh done was the how the types of architecture really fit with the the hills 
uh-huh. there's some treehouse type yeah. Uh, yeah. concepts right. and you uh, have where you could have literally a, a mansion next to a fourplex next to uh-huh. a single family home but they're all um, the idea of bringing those different types of uh, lifestyles together next mm-hmm. to each other where their neighbors was right. really interesting so those are all concepts that you're uh, leaning into on this right yeah you know a great example um, when the team came down here to do the charrette uh, we just want to drive around Louisville take them to some areas for just some context so they got an idea of of our, our rolling hills and you go over to Cherokee Park yeah and that's exactly what they have wow they've got big right. open space they have a mixture of housing some large single family small single family multi-family like large apartment um, multi-family buildings are beautiful I forget what the tower is called down there um, you ha- and then you have uh, apartment the willow is the it? willow yeah that's it the willow. Yeah. Willow. Yeah. and they have apartment mansions you know right. which right. They look like a house but they're you know a fourplex or something like that we drove around there and it's rolling hills it's like you know this is kind of similar to what we're doing um, and so through the charrette process they looked at different concepts about how on steeper slopes how you kind of build there and looking so they came up with some ideas on that you know i'll be doing a presentation for um i guess for the zoning board and for i don't know if you guys are invited to it on thursday at five which is a crc kind of mm-hmm. uh, meeting to explain form-based code mm-hmm. and the idea about form-based codes compared to our codes is it's always it's it's looks at context more than it looks at um use you understand like our code is based on uses like we don't put housing in the middle of industrial we separate everything out or commercial housing isn't really in our commercial use zones Uh, but form-based code it talks about context and similarly when we talk about landscape and rolling here at hills how do you respond to its context and that's what form-based code tries to do um, almost like more nuance in the considerations, right? So I, I would imagine uh, not all industrial is the same. So maybe maybe there is industrial where having homes appropriately are, placed. Industrials they they claim that as a special district right, because it's be such a, a extreme, but, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's about improving the street environment that buildings shouldn't stand alone by themselves, but they should be communicating to other buildings and communicating to the street or communicating to the landscape, and responding to those things. And it's a lot of similarities between our Euclidean code, the Oldham County code, um, and its uh, restrictions of setbacks and things like that. But it's more prescriptive because it you know, starts to set up, well, how does the frontage work with the front of the street? Or how does, how, does, how does the zoning and density change as you get into different rolling or slopes or something like that? Right. Uh, tell me a little bit about the non-residential pieces of the project and what kind of things do you envision there? Um, obviously, you know, we plan for things and then yeah. the markets change and the, yeah. uh, the economy changes yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. COVID happens and all kinds of things. Tell us about that and tell us if, if you know, is, has this last year changed much of those considerations or is it this is a long term, right. this is a long haul? It's interesting. So. Prior to doing the charrette, we would get inquiries about putting different uses in, the, like, truck stops and yeah. fireworks stores or a little strip mall here or something like that. And it's always, and thank goodness, said, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, we need a master plan before we commit to any commercial. So we did the charrette, and I think Business First put out an article, and we started getting these calls from people we weren't expecting. Um, you know, one person, you know, we got a lot of calls from multifamily people who wanted to be involved and whatnot. 
But we also got a call from a commercial group from Southern Indiana that th- that they do. I think they own what's that egg zags or something like that. Um, zags. I think, eggs. I think it's zags. But uh, they also um, have a bunch of movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they own the one over uh, the newer one over by where the FBI is off Gene Snyder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that yeah, Patoka uh, or uh, no? It's uh, they they work with Patoka. It's um, I know the name of it. I do too. Reagan's is her name that yes. uh, owns it. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't last name. I don't yeah. remember. It was a while ago, but the point of that was so this huge movie theater complex wanted to come in. And it's like, well, that's interesting. We don't want to do that. That's a bigger scale because we want diversity. Right. But how, you know, having a three you know plex movie theater right there in the the street center would be awesome. But you know, you start looking at it, it doesn't work that way, and you know the way things are now. I don't know. if Right. Right. right, right. Although I've heard that the AMC stock was doing well a couple it, of weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so, anyways, um, so yeah, a lot of things have come out of the woodwork. We also looking at market analysis and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, who helped us with it? Our market analysis is somebody that does a lot of these TV projects, so he does it in that certain bit of light. But we'd love to get a grocery store because that's really a good anchor tenant for a community. We'd love to have that. Um, and we've gotten calls, uh, you know, uh, from a ton of different types of commercial outfits. Well, um, so where are we now? What's the status of it? Um, are we breaking ground this week? No, <laughs> no. I mean, well, first we got to get our zoning done. Right. We got to get our architecture pattern book or some type of document developed. Um, we've just gotten a proposal to help us with the pattern book. Um, it's a little more costly than we thought it would be. So we're kind of maybe seeking another proposal or looking at a different way of doing it. Um, uh, we are, uh, working on the zoning. That's a big hurdle to get over. And then once we get those things done, we can start looking at phasing. And then the first phase I think will be right there in front of the Baptist church. Yeah. That's right on the bypass, mm-hmm. which will be a mix. We want to show everything up front. Right. Um, we want to show commercial. We want to show, so, uh, single family and multifamily. We want to have that mix. So people get an idea of what it's going you mentioned the 329 bypass uh, early on just a minute ago and um, about how that was meant to be a bypass, but it really is ended no. up more of a parkway. Right. Um, and I remember early in the charrette, that was one of the conversations was, you know, the potential to make that a slower yeah. uh, road and road maybe diet. even put some tree, put it on a road, road diet, diet. And yeah. maybe tree line it. And uh, because there's going to be curb cuts right. to get into access the yeah. property. Yeah. So, it, I mean, that right of way, it was intended. I mean, you, Drive around Kentucky and you'll see like these massive roads, a 200-foot right-of-way that connect Bardstown to Louisville or whatever, and they're huge. And yeah. I, that's the intention of this. And I think those are too big anywhere they are. They're just I, I think a 200-foot wide, wide right-of-way is way too big. Yeah. Um, and this, because it's not connecting, it's obviously too big. Right. So we started looking at it. You know, this doesn't. This does not perform well for our city because this is a city street. It's not right. contributing to us. We don't need to go 55 through here because right. we're not getting anywhere. Um, so the idea is we're uh, working on funding. I believe we've gotten the funding from KIPTA to do, well, it's, I forget what they call it, an intersection study or something like mm-hmm. that. The idea is to look at how can we make the street a better street for the community? How can we do tree line street? Look at pedestrian, like how do we make, you know, uh, sidewalks and crossing points, areas of refuge. So as you're crossing, you have a place to stand, like an island or something like that, maybe a planted islands. Mm-hmm. No, I, I wish we could get it to the point like you see on Hurstbourne over there by the paddock shops that connects over to Westport Road. That's a road that's wide that really does it nicely with landscaping and, and, and sidewalks, sidewalks and, and everything. Does 
the big picture of Oldham County, I mean, obviously this is a this is a uh, a really important step forward i think um for the 71 corridor yeah um as you're coming out of louisville we had a, an urban planner that had visited with us uh and we had asked him to kind of assess the county actually yeah. uh, he, he, they, he came in for the meeting with gant uh, oh right yeah that's right who was that craig gossman oh yeah, yeah 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 so yeah. Uh, go ahead oh well it, we were out after that meeting and mm-hmm. he and liz his wife mm-hmm. um drove around all through Odom County and right. everything, and he came back, and he told us, he said, one of the things that they know stands out is that we are the most affluent county in the state. Right. But you would not know it no. by any of our exits off the interstate. No, no. And um, they just hadn't considered that. I mean, it was a, from the standpoint of, um, you know, you get used to what you're around all the you time. You do, and you get accepting of it. Yes. That's yes. what frustration I have yeah. with, and it's not just here, I think it's anywhere. Right. Is that unless somebody does it and shows you, then you don't really know what to do. Like Norton Commons showed us. Right. You know, showed everybody. Yeah. It took them a long time to sell that idea, but once it was born and done, I was like, well, this is how it should be done. Right. You know? Right. Um, well, so how do you see this affecting the community moving forward? I mean, obviously, there's a, um, you know, the the growth of the city of Louisville and even maybe some of the, if there's any exodus of the city of Louisville, yeah. continues to affect the suburbs. Right. Um, and as we come up the I-71 corridor, I mean, right now, they were moving massive pieces of rock um, to widen I-71 from right. Jane Snyder to exit 14, which is... Yeah. way way overdue yes it is. um yes. and it's going to be it, it actually they've kept traffic moving pretty well considering the massive uh right. construction that's happening right. but as this project starts to take root and starts to really take form and we kind of start to feel uh its effect and what other things do you see happening up the corridor the future of the county in general overall um you know good bad and the ugly just thoughts that you have about it um it's hard to say. I mean, I, I know it's coming. I mean, the more we get down this road with what we're doing, we get vibes. You know, people call sure. it. Like I said, you're just not expecting. And like, well, maybe we should think a little bit more highly of what we have. Right. So as we start to transform it, um, you're do, we're doing a good job of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that all of our exits are going to be developed at some point. Um, and it seems like it's getting – it's like – We've witnessed the develop from from downtown get to St. Matthews, and then from St. Matthews to you know Westport Road, and and now it's kind of like if you drew a circle around Louisville, exit 14 is the only exit that's not developed. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? And I mean, if you keep looking down through Oldham County, I yeah. mean, you know, Buckner exit and 393 exit. Sure. I mean, they're all, you know prime and getting ready. We've been getting a lot of calls for 393 exit for. Um, or industrial and stuff. I think you guys have sent some people our way too. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for distribution. Right. Um, so yeah, things are going to start happening. Well, the, what do you think about the, um, well, I always like to say, you know, you can't stop development. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so we want to be able to steer as right. much of it as we can right. uh, into uh, places that continue to enhance the quality of life. Right. Uh, well, can I talk about concerns? Yeah. So concerns, I think our most valuable asset that made us the county that we are is our schools. Right. That's the driver. Right. That's um, right. People move here, and that drives up the, va- the value of land. Um, 
is because you have good schools. Right. Um, the more and more we develop, the more and more we saturate the system and, and make it more and more difficult to have good schools because right. they're just getting worn out, I think. I'm, I'm just concerned with that. So I understand that we do have school capacities with developments mm -hmm. to control the speed of which things are being done, which I think is good. I think that tries, you know, helps to kind of dissuade a lot of tracked home building. They'll come in here and just build a ton of stuff all at once and then very cheaply. Right. Um, but that, that stuff, I, I know for a fact that's coming in hard right now. Yeah. A lot of out-of-town builders are really wanting to do track home development. Right. And I don't think the uh, school capacity is slowing them down at all um standards but um well being that um you know you're you guys have uh, owned the uh, property at the new tri-county ford uh -huh. area right at exit 18 yeah. and 393 you just mentioned four and some other properties what other opportunities do you see for the business growth i mean it, for economic development our responsibility yeah. from this office is to try to attract uh more business growth for the tax base just to, to right. help out with that very right. change that you've got one of the challenges we feel from this office and i'm i want you to challenge me on it if uh, if i'm off base but no. we feel a lack of one the infrastructure is making Tremendous strides. There's a lot of, of, of uh, great road projects that are contributing uh -huh. to a lot of activity that we see. Right. But to really have places for industry to go has been a big challenge. And I think that uh, as the mindset and the understanding for the need of development, business development is uh, working its way through the community. We're getting a little bit more traction in some of the conversations. But in the meantime, you mentioned industrial. We have a tremendous amount of industrial projects that are significant that we are not able to capitalize on because areas that we have for them either aren't ideal, lack some sort of access or accommodation, um, or just aren't necessarily uh, set up for uh, the type of project that they want. Right. However, we have plenty of land to do yeah. some of those things on it and right. some opportunities. What do you see? Uh, am I right? Am I wrong? Is well, there a can I, I want to relate it back to the school capacity. Um, I think there's opportunity for incentive for commercial development through the school capacity plan. So for our, what we're trying to push with our development is we can't do it on the current school capacity plan that only allows you to build 35 right. homes a year maximum. And that can go down to 15 depending on how crowded the schools get. But it's not fair that we control school capacity when we're not going to get credit for doing commercial. Right. So the idea is if I do X amount of commercial space that's b building our tax base for our schools, I should be allowed to get more credits for building homes. Right. So if we did an incentive plan like that, maybe these track home builders would do some commercial you know, related project or something along the lines. I, I, and that might be minimal, but if there's an opportunity where they buy tracks of land in a more urban environment or adjacent to it, maybe they take the whole frontage of the road and they d dedicate that to commercial property. Right. You know, right. rather than housing property. And that'll give them, you know, 50 units a year, not 35. That's great. Sandy's writing this down. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually working on that too. Yeah. Uh, Amy. Um, Alvey. Yeah, Amy Alvey and, and Jim Urban discussing that. That's a huge thing. We yeah. got to refine yeah. what that is. What do you think about our environment here um, as far as getting things done? Um, you know, you've worked in other markets and in other areas, not just Oldham County. And I'm not asking you to to, uh, to pick on anybody, but but given the, the county sort of, um, I don't want to even say a grade, just an overview or an impression of does, does, the, does the experience 
make you feel like we are uh, being proactive and biz- I would say business friendly. I mean, certainly people complain about, you know, when we've got to go through a zoning change, it's six to nine months. Yeah. However, that's pretty standard in a lot of places yeah. also. So out of fairness right. to, you know, that process, what what's a responsible way for the county to manage that, uh, but also be pro-development? Um, or maybe it's just always going to be a balance. Well, I mean... <laughs> Well, I, I think that's coming, you know, I, it's just, it's like, like I said, you know, far as commercial development coming this way, once you start getting it in here, yeah. it's going to drive others to come in here right. and have, because they don't, people, I don't think want to be the first to break ground or sizable development. Um, right. Because they're going to complain about, well, it's nine months to get to, you know, I can go right. over here and I know, you know, it's going to be successful because everybody else is successful here. Right. There. Right. Once it starts slipping in here, I think, you know, people will look past what everybody else has to do in these more developed areas. I had areas. a conversation with an elected official, and he um, he really put it a, a great way. He was talking about how excited he is about all of the growth that we're having and all these uh, projects we're getting uh, shots at and conversations and projects that are starting to land. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also breaks his heart at the same time, being growing up here and, sure. and seeing it change. Yeah, lifetime so, Odom County. Yeah. yeah right. Right. What, how does that feel for it? Like, what, where, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have that? Um, when I was a kid, yeah. You know, I didn't like seeing change. But yeah. I realize that change is going to happen, and especially looking at Oldham County. Oldham County is not rural. Right. There's probably only like two or three actual farmers who live by means of farming. Right. Everybody else is a hobbyist. Um, right. so the reality is that, um, it's not a rural c- county anymore. Um, and we need to figure out how we keep those natural assets, you yeah. know, maintain them, make sure they're part of our community and how the public can participate in those natural, because we have a lot of conservation easements all over the county, which I feel like the public should have some degree of right away to it because yeah. it's, it's taking from our own tax base. Right. Right. It's re- decreased. So there should be a public good coming out of it. If you're going to take that away, not just preserving the land, but public access to those sure. things too. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think that's important in our county's future growth that we maintain some of our our natural assets along with you know embracing development and doing it in the right way. Well, having worked on two significant public park projects uh-huh. here, yeah. uh, one of them in Crestwood, one of them in Lagrange, yeah. um, you know, which the mayors of Crestwood and Lagrange uh, have a great uh, relationship and uh-huh. love to bust each other's chops a lot about yeah. uh, about projects and whatnot. It's yeah. fun to, they present to our leadership Oldham County class. And yeah. it's, it's the classes r- really likes their uh, their banter between well, Jim and me. It's Mayor good, Black, you know, to have Mayor competition. Competition right. makes everything better, right? That's right. That's right. It's, yeah. um, so what, but, but having worked on two park projects yeah. from each of those places, what differences are you seeing? I mean, obviously they're completely different animals. Oh yeah. Um, the two cities are completely, completely different, different animals. So, yes. so tell me about that. What, uh, give me your impressions on that and, and strategies for the future. There's, there's, there's good value to both the way cities run. And there's, I think, um, frustrations the way both cities run. So <laughs> Uh, without getting too far, I'll explain some of those examples. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm, I'm, uh, and they know how they are. Sure. Crestwood, less is more, man. They don't right. have any staff or anything. And they put a lot of trust in us to make decisions. We're like, well, I hope you like it once we have it built. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, it was it was very frustrating. Um, but they put a lot, uh, Crestwood put a lot of faith in us during the design process and everything. And it was, it was a great 
fun project. Well, and it's on. a beautiful project. Yeah, the and, barn is amazing. Well, yeah, the whole thing yeah. is it, we knew people would enjoy having a park. Right. I don't think we realized how much people were desperate for it. Yeah. And it's only going to get better at that park, especially once we get into the commercial development. That right. I think is a key moment to making that park really special. Right. Yeah. Um, and really, I think giving an identity to Crestwood. Because oh, absolutely. It's a yes. civic area. That's, That's right. my frustration yeah. about Crestwood is it has no identity. Right. You know, right. where's the center of Crestwood? Well, there's a gas station and uh, a Dairy Queen. That's your center. <laughs> um, but this is, yeah, this is an opportunity to put, uh, you know, have a focal point for the city. Um, LaGrange, very different. They have a board. They have people that have opinions. Right. Um, and so it's very helpful during the design process to get their feedback and opinions. And, and um, that can also slow the process down. Sure. You know, because you don't know what pr opinion to go with sometimes. Sure. And, and how to to... to go with the project so well having i'm serving on that uh park committee and having seen the oh, uh oh yeah, yeah, i'm not at all the meetings all the time yeah, i'm sorry <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> right but having uh seen the concepts from you know uh, and and i came in actually that that committee had been working for longer than a year and done a lot of work it's a a lot of uh, lift in all of these types of projects. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, by the time that, that Sarah and you guys, and we'll invite Sarah to come speak uh, yeah. about the park, but yeah. just to, to give, you know, a sense of what that park is going to have, you know, with the Maples Park, you have some features to it that right. are really exciting right. uh, that will give Crestwood that. But LaGrange has that personality, right? Yeah. Being the, the county seat and having a main street that's yep. beautiful and whatnot. So the mission's a little bit different, right? So right. tell us a little bit about the breakdown of the, the Springs Park in LaGrange right. and what kind of components you see maybe and, and all of this subject to change kind of at the stage we're still at, right. I guess. You know, the Maples Park was so easy. It's relatively flat. It had buildings already on that you could utilize for right. community use right. or it would give you a launching, a good launching point. The LaGrange Park is a very challenging site. It's an old fill site that's created all kinds of headaches, headaches for us during the design process. And they have a lot of program they want to put into this park right. um, on a park that's not flat. Um, so it has presented a lot of challenges. It's a downtown area. So you want to key into Main Street and you want to invite Main Street into the park and vice versa. Um, so I, I think the key element uh, is the farmer's market, doing a building there that, that can have public use for events and for the farmer's market and uh, daily use for covering and stuff like that. And then the, the playgrounds and the spray grounds adjacent to it. Um, also, you know, the idea of, of using the slopes to do an amphitheater and then doing dual use by not just doing an amphitheater that sits there vacant most of the week, but putting a skate park as your stage setting. So that's yeah. being used all the time. And then you transform it into an amphitheater. Um, multi-use. Multi-use. Really and it goes, you know, doubles your money basically. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Um, but, you know, we, we're learning. I mean, you look at the park and it's an opportunity to connect the courthouse square to the library. Right. Commerce. Trail system, yeah. I mean, if you could you could get on a pedestrian path from the courthouse lawn all the way to River Road. Yeah. On single lane streets. So you go from the courthouse, you go down Commerce Parkway. That's eventually going to connect over to um, Old LaGrange Road. Mm -hmm. uh, that has a bridge across there, a pedestrian bridge. Mm -hmm. LaGrange Road to where Floor Station will soon be. You connect into there. Cross that through... Um, uh, Brentwood up through Briar Hill, Poplar Hounds Lane, go through Glen Oaks, through Norton Commons, down Limekill Lane, 
walk all the way to River Road on single lane roads, ride a bike, I mean, not con- non-congested areas, all the way from the courthouse lawn. It's interesting. Very cool. Wow. We, uh, at the Olda meeting, uh, the board that oversees the Oldham Reserve Project in LaGrange, um, the, they're working with the Curry Fork Watershed. Uh, Becca Truman uh-huh. is yeah. making an effort for a uh, National Fish and Wildlife grant that will allow for um, some money to create a trail system within the old reserve development. Um, and that could and has, uh, there have been conversations between the Rawlings Group and Baptist Hospital to try to create a trail system. And mm-hmm. so maybe even all three of those components working together as well. Yeah. So we get back into these um, lifestyle type of components around commercial yeah. areas and, and the importance of them yeah. and the significance. And especially now at a time where people are going to have to be outside and maybe yeah. spread out a little bit more, um, yeah. taking care of their health, a lot of different mm-hmm. things that uh, really does seem to be kind of the confluence of all of these uh, trends that are, that are, you know, right at play in every city in our community. Right. Um, right. it's pretty exciting. So, yeah. um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a big growing need and interest at that, you know, the bikers and it'd be nice just to kind of make those roads just a little bit wider, yeah. you know, if we had some <laughs> bike lanes on some main roads, like 1694 or 42 to make right. everybody happy. Right. right. You know, if there's funding for those things, that'd be great. You know, I've, I always kind of like, what would you do if you won the lottery? Well, I think I would donate a little bit of money of that to, to help, help making some bike lanes so we all can drive a little bit safer. Well, One thing, uh, you were involved in the courthouse, uh, construct the, I'll call it the temporary. temporary. I was involved as (laughs) as a a city representative during the construction administration process, kind of make sure that everything, there's a change order. There's a good reason for a change order. So yes. Yeah. Okay. That was amazing how fast that that building was not in good shape. No, no. I mean, it was like a lightning bolt. That thing just appeared. Exactly. We were in it weeks before. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when we got into that project, it was, when was it? They started work in the spring of last year, really. Yeah, yeah. And when they started cleaning up, like, ugh, there's, I mean, but once we got behind the drywall, it had good bones. The bones were good. The bones yeah. were good. So it just needed to clean up the whole shell, the yeah. waterproofing it again. You know, the there's a lot of short-term gain for Crestwood and short-term pain for LaGrange, but I think ultimately um, the community's going to gonna be able to um, see that entire process as a positive. I know that there was some controversy over changing the the court uh, the courthouse just to begin with because of the history of it. Yeah. Um, and it, it seems like the judge was able to work with the community and, and kind of find some, some middle ground and some right. historical preservation that uh, really satisfied a lot of people that cared about it. So that was yeah. fun to see that yes. work. But the truth of it is, is that we have a lot of people in LaGrange that don't go to Crestwood and a lot of people right. in Crestwood that don't go to LaGrange. I, Doreen Goodwin, she, she came down there, who's the judge. Um, and I, I, she used to do the foreclosure sales. sales. Um, she was a, a commissioner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd see her once a week when we were buying foreclosures and so she's a judge now and she came down for the, the ribbon cutting and everything. And she's asking where to eat in Crestwood. I was like, what? <laughs> Have you ever been here? I know. It's, it's not that far away. Well, there's some really great restaurants <laughs> there yes, too. Yeah. So uh, Darwin's got this uh, t- a taste of Thai there. Uh-huh. And then the Crestwood Bistro has a yeah. great menu. They're yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Wilder Cafe is yeah. great. I mean, there's some some really great restaurants. Obviously, Gustavo's has yeah. Yeah. Uh, got a great place there. There's a, um, and I don't want to forget any chamber members. I'm going to have to list everybody, <laughs> everybody <laughs> yeah. in Oldham County at this point. <laughs> yeah. But um, but it is it really does have a lot of great restaurants and that's exactly the point we are um first national bank has sponsored a program with us where uh, and trying to help the restaurants through the covid shutdown and whatnot mm-hmm. we're buying gift cards and giving them to chamber members as gifts to incent them to get out maybe treat their 
staff to to lunch, but we're we're buying cards from uh, gift cards from uh, Crestwood locations and giving them to people who live in Lagrange, just yeah, trying to get that great. to, to yeah. happen. But um, that was the effect of that courthouse that I see is in the short term, you're going to import all of these court workers. Yep. And while downtown LaGrange is going through construction and some of that pain, yep. um, these people are going to find out what they have here in their own community and maybe keep them from going into Jefferson County and some other areas. Yep. And then that courthouse will come back. And, oh, right. uh, you know, when it comes back, we're also going to have three lanes of expressway and a new interchange. Yep. And LaGrange has, uh, you know, many millions of dollars of new uh, road projects that are yeah. going to really be bringing a lot of excitement. So, um, you know, hopefully it's it's tough to be a merchant. I grew up in a merchant store. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that the weather and the storm is going to be going to be worth it. And I think yeah. if the, our community continues to uh, be mindful of these changes and thoughtful enough to, to try to, you know, help those businesses in LaGrange uh, by by uh, shopping there and, and taking your family to dinner and lunch at those places, uh, but also recognizing you know, when you're in Crestwood, what's what's there? I think it's just um, it really is a, a positive future. I think that's that's uh, on the map here, but it's going to have to be a kind of a conscious effort. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, as it always is in local, um, you know, I'm I have mixed feelings about the uh, shop local um, charge. I lo- shop local, I believe in, of course, right. um, but but sometimes there's a there's a there's a guilt asset attached yeah. to it that um, kind of absolves people of of putting their best foot forward. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so what I like about this uh, is that it's the new road uh, systems that are popping up, the neighborhoods they are going to be growing, this mm-hmm. courthouse, temporary change of the courthouses. Mm-hmm. I think it's really going to mix up a lot of the people in the county in a way uh, where they're, they're traveling roads and going through areas they didn't necessarily go before and then hopefully discovering something special that was right in front of them. Yeah. So, um, Sandy, do you have any questions? Do you have any? I feel like I've talked the whole time. I'm sorry. That's not unusual. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just couldn't hold it back. I did have a, a couple of little, uh, these are kind of a uh, little lighter note uh, type things. What kind of hobbies do you have? What do you do when you're not architecting or being a dad or husband? Well, I mean, yeah, you, being not architecting. I mean, my time right now has just been consumed by, by work. It really yeah. has. And But we, recently, my you got kids, so your life revolves around your kids too. And we... Um, we recently went with a friend who brought us to a swimming pool uh, at Hunting Creek and as a couple of years back. And then we had so much fun. We're like, this is awesome. So, well, why don't you become a member? And of course that helped them out when we did become <laughs> members. So yeah, we, 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 it was so cheap to join at the time. So let's just do the full membership. We didn't really golf or do anything like that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we're golfers now and uh, that's fun. pools and stuff. Whole like family. That. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So my kids, they swim for Lakeside. Um, so that, they, you know, we got sucked into oh, swimming, yeah. and now we're on the uh, the pool board or whatever it is committee. Um, so yeah, preparing for the next uh, city meet will be at, at Hunting Creek. Which so well, that deal. brings up natatorium. Um, natatorium. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, talking about weird stuff coming out of the ward work. So natatorium was, tr- I would love to get a natatorium in Oldham County. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so much that's revolved around swimming and these meets and yeah. bringing people in and stuff like that. Huge cost. Well, we had another group uh, approach us about building a ice rink facility, a mm-hmm. big one. Mm-hmm. Have you talked to those guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. If it's the same, it was, uh, we spoke with a, uh, it was a mother and a son. 
Oh no! This wasn't a group. Now they this may is have a group. This is a okay. group that does all the ice hockey and stuff like okay. that in downtown okay. Louisville. All right, they're looking for a new facility, um, so it'd be multi-rinked, like two or three rinks. Okay, and then hopefully you have a sports associated with that. So we're gonna have to talk offline about this one. Yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> okay. okay, so yeah, they were that they they came there. They're looking. We said you're you're great. We'd love to have you part of us, but we think you're a little big, but we had a site where we thought the natatorium would make a lot of sense. Maybe you want to talk to the owner of that property and look at going there. You'll be adjacent to us and, and we can play off of each other and be a really cool project. So people listening can know that that's an active conversation. Uh, that I don't, we haven't heard back from them. Okay. We don't know where it went. We'll say that there are active conversations going on. Okay. A, lot of, a lot of things like that. Really exciting uh, sports types of projects that have popped up. Yeah. You know, um, there's a huge need for sports facilities and things like that. Um, the hard thing is land for sure. those types of things, yeah, you know, that's right. Right. Um, you know, the, the, my dad and Jay Hall recently purchased the Tri-County property. Well, the problem with that property is it doesn't have sewers. sewers right. Exit 17. Right? I think I railed about that on our last podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, there's a big grass field right next to there next to a big, a bunch of parking. It's like, you know, makeshift sports field right there you know um right there on, on the chlor station property right across from baptist we let the lacrosse play there right well you know that's great and they could do it right there too i mean making makeshift sports fields where we could do that that would be ideal. yeah well that's and it fits the personality of the community i mean yeah. we're we're a family-oriented community yeah you know yeah. Um, so uh, we often, it's, we always joked about, you know, people are more, uh, they ask us more about when we're going to get a Chick-fil-A than they would when we're going to get another office, uh, yeah. user and whatnot, because, you know, people are focused on amenity type things, mm-hmm. but you know, that's quality of life. And, um, it's important, especially for people that move out of a civic area to what they consider the country right. uh, out here. And right. they want to have some of those things closer, but, uh, you know, as they start to pop up. Um, you know, hopefully some of these things are going to get some legs. Yeah. Um, Gant, thank you for your time today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks for having it was me. a great conversation. I hope to have you back again sometime and we yeah. will talk about some other stuff. Sure. Maybe non development related things. Just have you weigh in on anything, you know, okay. yeah. just whatever yeah. panel up here and discuss stuff. And yeah, just, you know, around. we can yeah. complain about things. It's great. Sure. But, uh, we appreciate all the things that you're doing in the community and yeah. the efforts you're putting in to, to making this, this, uh, this place, um, uh, better. You know, I enjoy doing it. Well, I'm, I'm stressful, but I have a lot of fun. You know. Well, it's great, and uh, we're, we're proud of your project, and and want, we're in, we're cheering on its success. So yeah. uh, obviously, if there's anything we can do, okay. uh, please. Oh, yeah, us. we will bug you. That's, that's right. Sure. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, that's uh, that's all for us, and thank you for listening. We'll be coming back to you here next week. Well, there it was. That was Gant Jones. Pretty cool, huh? Good conversation. We're going to love to have him back. Um, we appreciate you listening to our podcast, the Olden Business Podcast. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, if you subscribe, that helps us with our reach. Also, if you have questions and want to be part of this conversation, then you can send me an email at david at oldhamcountychamber.com. And we'd love to hear from you what types of topics, what types of guests, what kind of things would you like us to cover? What kind of stupid things did I say that need to be uh, addressed? Um, 
But we, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we hope that you can give us a like or a share and uh, help people get uh, involved in the conversation. So, um, again, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back here next week with another podcast. And uh, have a great week, and happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>